If you like the podcast, remember to check us out on YouTube, where you get to see comedy commentary and a whole lot more. That's the YouTube channel, Balderdash Academy. Can I, um, can I give Elisa five points to start this whole thing? Because she all just gave all of our names. Yeah, I haven't been here for a while. Do I get points? You can. Uh, there are no rules for or against it, so yeah. Happy Valentine's Day and welcome to Balderdash Academy. Tonight we have comedian, musician, MC Elisa Rosenthal. That's right, Lucky Rosenthal, the winner of Head to Head, is on Balderdash to Academy tonight. It's going to be a great show, but first. Uh, Balderdash Academy, competitive comedy. Good for your health, like a yearly colonoscopy. Bring a flask, don't forget your hall pass. If you need a laugh, let me introduce the school staff. Marie Stewart Harmon teaches home economics. See her after class for some home brew tonics. Sex with me is like Nate Green, because finishing on top is his normal routine. Coach Steve brings the show sports knowledge, but he's bad at portmanteaus because he didn't go to college. Paulie McGill spits words like an Uzi. She wins every game and can't name a single movie. They call Randy Hunt, the theater guru. He'll always almost win like deja vu do. Carla Rose Dubois, you better watch your back. She's notoriously known for teaching music facts. And Baba Blanc gets no disrespect. Don't talk back, cause he's technically correct. Yes. Let's go. Ball the Dash Academy, baby. Alright, sit down. Class is starting. Now, Nate won last game, stealing the win from Steve. It would have been Steve's first win of the season. Nate denied that. Nate, what are you planning to do to maintain that greedy win? Well, I'm going to approach this like I do every time and just not think about what I'm going to say and see what comes out of my mouth. (laughs) Good plan, good plan, good plan. That's like the perfect description of how I live my life. (laughs) <laughs> All right, our visiting professor today is Elisa Rosenthal. You might know her from her appearance on Head to Head. You know, her vintage style music, her alter ego, Plucky Rosenthal, as a, what, C2E2 panelist, uh, emceeing the Chicago League of Lady Arm Wrestlers, or as the semifinalist for the Andy Kaufman Award. That's fantastic. (laughs) Alisa, welcome to Balderdash Academy. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It is great to have you on. Hey, it's great to be here. The good credits. So for those new to the show, (laughs) Alisa has agreed to be the visiting professor tonight. Uh, So what's going to happen is our faculty are going to compete for the coveted reigning champion banner. (laughs) At the end of each challenge, Alisa will award points to the person that she feels is most worthy. She is not looking for the correct answer, which is is good because if she was, we'd be here all night. She's looking for the best answer. Uh, Now, the points are arbitrary. They can be given at any time to anyone for any reason. Uh, The faculty member with the highest point total will be named the reigning champion because that's how math works. 
So, our first game today is called Give Me the Details. Now, I'm going to read an unusual news story from this week's news, and our faculty members, who are each experts in their own field, will give us more details on this story. So tonight's Give Me the Details is about Fight Club. In particular, the ending of Fight Club was recently changed for its release to Tencent Video in the Chinese market. Specifically, how did they change the ending? Now, we're going to start with our Fight Club expert, an expert of all of his work, to be honest with you. Molly, how did they change the ending to Fight Club? You know, uh, Fight Club really, really mind-twisting there at the end where you think that it's actually all in his head, but they they threw a curveball this time in China. What they did was they went, instead of it being all in his head, it was all actually an anime youth novel. Um, and so it was actually being read by a prepubescent uh, tween just hanging out on the school bus the entire time. It was just a way for a, a tween to pass the time on the way home. Anime. Prepubescent tween. Mm -hmm. Carla Rose, mm -hmm. how did they change the end of the movie? Well, if I remember correctly, um, mm -hmm. Meatloaf was in Fight Club. <laughs> Um, and he just a few months back went to, uh, that dashboard in the sky. And I think what China did to make it more culturally appropriate is they switched meatloaf out because that's an American, distinctly American food. They switched mm -hmm. it out with one of their biggest Chinese stars, Ramen, from Everybody Loves Ramen. So that was the change. All right. That's yeah. an answer. Nate, how what? did they change the ending to Fight Club? Uh, it was actually interesting. They they used, like, a blooper, a, a little mistake, um, because Edward Norton sneezes in the last scene uh, in the blooper. And... Uh, they used it. They didn't take it out. They just used it. And uh, it's when he sneezes, he, everybody knows, he goes, I tree you. And so they brought in the never ending story, uh, <laughs> Dragon Dog. I and would watch that he was so like, hard. I you. Uh, and it picked him, him and his imaginary um, Brad Pitt up. And they flew off at the end of this never ending story to make a never ending story part two fight club. Redo. Re Redux. <laughs> Redux. I wouldn't watch that. All right. So the never-ending fight club. Marie, what's your answer? Uh, well, right where the movie normally ends, they just make it... a. You find out that it has been a choose-your-own-adventure the whole time. And instead <laughs> of choosing um, to go to the fight club, he just gets a dog. And his life is just better for it. He gets a dog, and he can pour all of that energy into this dog and his life is way better. Poor so dog. It's the funny, Elisa has Wicks. a song about a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't actually know that. <laughs> Early points for pandering. <laughs> really? How many points? Uh half a point. 
half, half a point. A point. For yeah, half a point she, for she's pandering. in the lead. Wow. Half answer. a panda point. Pandas. All right. So, how Chinese. did they change the ending? We have Molly, which it was actually a prepubescent tweens uh, anime youth novel. Yeah. We have Carla Rose. They switched Meatloaf out for ramen. They have uh, Nate's blooper, where Ed Norton's sneeze summoned Falcor and created Falcor. the never ending Fight Club 2. And then we have Marie with a choose your own adventure. But in the end, they get a dog. All answers. Um, Elisa, how would you like to score? Um, let's see. Uh, this is just how I'm going to score for like the whole show. Big numbers, sure. small numbers. However you, you want. want numbers. Wow. Numbers. I know go. the world is your options. I'm, I'm going to go big numbers. Um, big money. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, I, so I'm going to pick my favorite one and then give that that prize pony some point I hate it. <laughs> okay i am going my favorite was molly i liked molly's anime uh, yeah. uh i i love anything yeah. that has um just like a heartbreaking bob newhart twist so that's where i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna give molly a thousand points yes Papa Newick is so proud of me all right one thousand <laughs> So now the, the pandering Four points moment. aren't looking so good anymore. I hate to say that's it. all right. I'm still proud of half a point. Take You're still in second place. It's a point. So prior to uh, starting, Marie gave Elisa five points for being <laughs> awesome. Uh, so even now, I'm technically in third place. <laughs> with two scores given, Marie's in third place. <laughs> All right. That's true. I was going to just win whatever you bring me on to. Here I am. Just to even it out, I'm going to give myself um, 1,500 points. Just nice. to kind of. Yeah, just, yeah. Let's okay. cleanse the water. Yeah. All right. So now the answer what do you think the answer is? I'm not going to tell you. Uh, let us know. Check, leave it in the comments and then check back after four questions to find out because that's how we get you to watch longer. Um, so. Wait, I also don't even get to know? Oh, you will. You will get to know. Now you we will can get to know, do that. But you will have to wait like the rest of them. You know what? I want to throw in 10, 10 points to Carla Rose for the meatloaf commitment. And you, you got yes. so many niche references in there. Oh, I'm stricken. I'm still getting over it. Let's, I don't know how let's I'm put go you on. on the board. Thank you. Sorry, Nate. I, love sympathy I, feel, points. I feel bad for Nate. So I'm going to give him 300 points. 300 pity points for Nate. 300 pity 300 points. 300 pity points. You know, Nate has won an episode based on pity points alone. So yes. It's happened. I, then I would like to remove 500. <laughs> from me? This is an emotional roller coaster. I'm going to have PTSD from this, from this episode for her. Where's my calculator? For a long time. So, Elisa, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, I wanted to talk about your music, right? We have yeah. your albums, A Chair, A Table, Elisa, uh, Songs to Caftan In, and Plucky Sings Rosenthal. So, my question is, what about cabaret music inspires you? Ooh, I'm, I think I'm, um, I've been told I'm a lot, but I'm just the right amount in 15 minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> that's like a sex with me. Can I get that? 
Yeah. When you do comedy music, you're already kind of not set up for success. So just short, uh, punchy songs. That's what I do. Short and punchy is basically the speech I give before every episode. That's right. <laughs> exactly. We might have recorded it. I'll put a snippet in if we actually recorded that. Uh, so if you would like to listen to Elise's music, if you want to purchase Elise's music, you can do so at pluckyrosenthal.com forward slash here, H-E-A-R. The link is in the description. If you're listening to the podcast, it's still in the description. Our points are in... Last place, we have myself with zero points, oh. Nate. And I said that only so you wouldn't feel actually your last place with negative two. In last place, we have we have Nate with negative 200 points. Followed by right now. myself with no points. Next, we have Marie with half a point. Carla Rose with 10 Molly with 1,000, and in the lead, our visiting professor, Elisa Rosenthal, <laughs> with 1,500. Wow. <laughs> I'm scoring this like the eight-year-old version of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Join us when we return for four questions and the answer to give me the details right here on Balderdash Academy. <laughs> Afternoon, Dashers. This is your headmaster reminding you that we are now booking live Balderdash Academy. If you want improv comedy, custom game show experiences, team building, and more, you can find us online at balderdashacademy.com. And don't forget to pick up Balderdash Academy merchandise in our school store while you're there. Our points are, in last place, we have Nate valiantly holding on with negative 200 points. Next, we have myself with zero, Marie with half a point, Carla Rose yes. with 10 points, Molly with 1,000, and in the lead, once again, our visiting professor, Elisa Rosenthal, who is the first visiting oh, professor to actually understand the game. How does she do it, folks? How does she do it? So, Alisa, before we move on to the uh, four questions, it's time for 30 seconds or less. Now, I will spin an ice-breaking question from our Balderdash randomizer, at which point Alisa will try to answer it in 30 seconds or less. Our question is... Big money! Question number two, Nate. Yeah. Nobody knows what they are. Other than Lucky Rosenthal's daffy and sweetly outlandish music, to quote the Chicago Tribune. Love it. What other artist should we be listening to? So, Elisa, what other artist do you think we should be listening to? Yeah, hook it oh, up. This is for me. Teams. This is for you. Mm. And is this is this what I put in my questionnaire of other Not at all. <laughs> You're on the spot, it's baby. Me. Oh, no. what, what's some of your favorite musicians? What are some people that you love that we should know about? Um, one of my favorite bands is a uh, 70s and 80s era band called The Roaches. Uh, oh. Their last name, R-O-C-H-E. 
Um, and they did a great song called Hammond Song that pops up all the time. It's um, three sisters. They're real quirky and funny. Uh, yeah. I like bands that are kind of like, are we funny? Are we music? That's that's my sweet spot. <laughs> nice. Um, so I'm on a I'm on a big uh, kick of the band Sparks at the moment. Uh, good documentary just came out about yeah, them. Yeah, just Sparks came Brothers. out. Yeah, do yeah. recommend. Um, again, are we theater? Are we music? This this has been my life's quandary. Rhythm, where are we going? Uh, <laughs> it's a great answer. Over the pandemic, Lisa, you took up roller skating. You love the New York Times games, any New York Times games. Wordle, Oscar, are your sports. So in honor of your likes, tonight's four questions I will call Plucky Rosenthal's Guide to Surviving the Pandemic. Love it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So now, whichever okay. one of our faculty members gives the best, not necessarily the correct, but the best answer, Elisa will award points. Our first question. In the mid-18th century, inventor John Joseph Merlin attached inline wheels to shoes to do what? So the person who invented roller skates in the 18th century, 1760s is what they estimate, did so for what reason? Carla Rose, why did he invent roller skates? This was, I think I read about this. This was well documented, the scenario in Herodotus. He writes about it, the Greek guy. He writes about in the 1800s, there was... Um, this guy and he wanted there was this um frog-like creature that was going extinct and so they needed them the tadpoles to be able to get from vernal pool to vernal pool so they made a little <laughs> shoe for the tadpole little phalange and um they had little wings so like little wheels so they were able to roll down the road and get to the next vernal pool before it dried up to therefore uh ensure the uh continuation of the the species I don't care I if think that's it was true a or not. I'm going to call them tadpole <laughs> shoes from now on. Like, that's their yes. new names. Nate, yes. why did he invent roller skates? Oh, yeah. It was kind of a... So his job was to clean up the streets of horse dung. Um, and oh. uh, it was backbreaking work, but he was a pioneer. Uh, so uh, he and his friend John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt uh, got together... <laughs> And um, made these so that way he could uh, a horse would pull him while he would scoop it up. He would scoop up the poop from the road and then he would <laughs> fling it over his head and John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt behind him would catch it. It was almost it was actually the first episode of uh, Family Double Dare that was going on. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mark Summers was there Mark hosting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he has been in on television for decades. That makes sense. He has. Yeah. That makes sense. And it makes sense why he would call them roller skates when the shovel was called the Jingleheimer shit. Marie, <laughs> what <laughs> would you say Dude. Uh, was the reason that he invented um, roller skates? Uh, Nate was on to something with the pulling. However, it was because Mr. Merlin kept having too many beverages at the town pub, and his wife was very, very small. She was a very tiny lady, um, and he ran out of friends to carry him home. So the you know bartender would 
tin can telephone to the other, to his wife. And she'd come mm-hmm. over and she'd bring him his little rolly shoes and he'd put his little rolly shoes on and she'd just roll him home. All right. So wife propelled taxi. So Molly, how, <laughs> why did he invent, uh, why did he, in, he invent roller skates? Well, geez, I'm crow, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting over here. Uh, people don't know this, but he was actually the original sandwich artist that uh, began the whole Subway sandwich shop theme of making the sandwiches right in front of you. Uh, one of the hardest, most difficult things to do was he couldn't figure out how to exactly cut the bread because it was so darn tough back in those days. They weren't kneading it enough. They needed more kneading. So what he did was he invented he these kneading. inline skates so that when they were done creating the sandwich, they could just lay the huge baguettes on the floor and go right over them. Now, why do they do roller skates with four wheels? Paninis, everybody. <laughs> All right, that makes a lot of sense. That uh, free Jared, I guess. <laughs> that was that was so. A least very we have answer. the reason, the reason why uh, roller skates were invented. Carla Rose, they were tadpole shoes. Yeah. Nate to scoop up poop. <laughs> Marie as a wife-propelled uh, means of conveyance, and Molly <laughs> to cut the bread. And we have four-wheeled now because paninis. How would you like to score? <laughs> okay, I have mad pandering points to hand out, everybody. <laughs> I want to give I'm um, Carla Rose. I'm um, ten points for frog phalanges. That was real cute. I really like that. Yeah, absolute science. I'm um, my favorite was Marie's pushing. Was it? <laughs> Was it his wife got too drunk and he had to push her, or was it vice versa? Uh, either it could have been either. for right. either of them. Sometimes she <laughs> yeah. need, and he was a big man, she was a small yeah. lady. I mean, to me do the that math. feels plausible, silly but plausible. Yeah. So I want to give nineteen hundred points. I really Woo! like nineteen hundred. Yeah, thank you. And then um, <laughs> I and Bob, I want to put Bob on the board here <laughs> yep. for Jingleheimer shit. Yep. Um, <laughs> negative 800. Ooh. Ooh. You know what? I disagree with that. I'm going to give myself an additional <laughs> negative 800 because that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. A little, little headmaster adjustment to the score there. Two negatives do make a negative in this case. <laughs> Two negatives do make a negative in this case, yeah. Uh, you know so what? I've um I've been working really hard, so just like throw on a quick like 600 for me. Of yeah. course, 600. Yes, I agree. All right. You should, definitely. All right. So why did John Joseph Merlin invent roller skates? Why? Well, he did so to crash a party with his violin. Oh, um, oh And he yeah. literally Wait, did. I'm going to read this to you. This is a quote from Thomas Busby's Concert Room and Orchestra Anecdotes from 1805. He writes... When not having provided the means of retarding his velocity or commanding its direction, he impelled himself against a mirror of more than 500 pounds value, dashed it to atoms, broke his instrument to pieces, and wounded himself most severely. Hell of an entrance. (laughs) Violence is never the answer. So, invented roller skates, didn't figure out how to use them before deciding to take his expensive guitar or violin to a party. So, our next question. 
So wait, can we just comment on how he tried to Kool-Aid man himself? Which makes me wonder if the Kool-Aid oh, man yeah. is actually based on him. Yeah. Right? yeah. And a lot what of wasn't bad luck. listed in that in that anecdote was did he go, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm gonna guess. Now I only have a degree in theater, but I'm gonna guess it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carla Rose is the archaeologist of the group. Carla Rose. <laughs> oh wait, I have one What's the over under on the oh yeah? Uh, no, no, that's uh, etymology. That's true. That's true to his species. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's science. More science. Although I'd like oh, to imagine him playing the violin faster as he sped up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we have Flight of the Bumblebee. Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> no, I forgot. I really liked Molly's panini. I feel like that is also plausible that roller skates could be a panini press. So 0.5 points. Yes. You're welcome. Nice. You're welcome. Thank 0.5 you. points. If anybody on YouTube wants to go ahead and make panini or bread cutting roller skates, you heard it here first. Just remember that. Our next yeah. question. The New York Times crossword puzzle first began in February of 1942. It wasn't always well received by the paper in 1924. The paper called the crossword puzzle what? So what did the New York Times refer to the crossword puzzle as in 1924, four years after it was invented? Nate, what did they call it? Bob. <laughs> I mean, it's an odd name for a puzzle, but it makes a lot of sense. Yep. All right. Marie, what did they say about the crossword puzzle? What did they call it? Um, at the time, it was the L-Zoop um, because they were they wanted to like keep people on their toes, infer that it was a puzzle, but like, is it? All right. The L-Zoop. Molly, what's your uh, answer? What do you got? Marie's close. It's actually the Ingaf. The, I don't give a f if you do it or not. <laughs> They're like, I don't, I don't give a f Do it if you want to, don't. It gaff it up. Right. Original of the acronym okay. right there. Carla not Rose, girls. what well, do you got? I think I got, I think I got a Balderdash Academy first. I am going to concur with Nate that it was called Bob because Ooh. in that first iteration, it was entirely comprised of palindromes. That makes mm -hmm. sense. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, we have... <laughs> we, what, in 1924, the New York Times called the crossword puzzle what? Nate said Bob. Mm -hmm. Marie says Elzup. Molly says IDJF. And Carla Rose <laughs> said Bob also. Um, so, <laughs> Lisa, how would you like to score? Okay, well... You know, Carla Rose, you're in luck because I was planning on <laughs> giving Nate some points because I felt so bad that I had given him so many negative points. <laughs> so Nate, I know you were feel. I feel like I've been hard hard on you with uh with the points that I've given you. So um, I would like to give uh, Nate for winning that round seven shiny points. And oh, it's only you. fair that since Carly Rose gave the same answer, she gets like an easy 85. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Plagiarism is great. 
Just for the balance of it, you know? Piggy yeah. bag points. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So what did they call the crossword puzzle? Reading them backwards, uh, Nate called it Bob, Marie called it Puzzle, Molly called it the Fajdi, and Carla Rose called it the Bob. The actual answer... In 1924, in an, in an opinion piece, they referred to the crossword as a primitive sort of mental exercise. Hmm. It rolls primitive? right off the tongue. <laughs> so, and I know guess. there's um, there you cool. go. Those are hard. As a as a lover of the New York Times crossword puzzle, I have read the graphic novelization of uh, the creation of the New York Times crossword puzzle, which is a book called Fun. Um, and <laughs> I wish I could remember the exact quote. <laughs> yeah, but um, when they brought on some new editor, the editor before said something to the effect of like, people are really going to care about this puzzle. Like it's frivolous and people know that it's frivolous, but people also have very big opinions on the puzzle. And uh, as someone who reads uh, the wordplay blog every day, like I don't know anything about caring too much or having big opinions on the New York Times Crossword Puzzle, but <laughs> I guess the editors thought people would care. Uh, so speaking of people caring about things and things taking the world oh. by storm, Wordle yeah. follows in a long line <laughs> of word games, most notably the game Lingo. Hmm. But what I want to know is how did Wordle get its name? Oh. How did Wordle get its name? Marie, you are obviously the expert. <laughs> I can tell yeah, as you're holding your face trying to prevent the answer from coming out. <laughs> I, yeah, I was trying to keep it in because I know it's so fast. Um, yeah, so if you've ever been to the Boston Aquarium, there is this glorious sea turtle there named Myrtle. Um, and she has been there for 80-something years. They don't even know exactly how old Myrtle is. Um, and so one of the initial caretakers of Myrtle, um, uh, they were found just doodling all the time so someday some one day somebody looked over their shoulder and they realized that it was this like very complex word jumble and they were like hey hey friend what are you doing and they're like myrtle turtle wordle myrtle turtle wordle and so that's okay. how, he only said a few things but he wrote down a lot all right myrtle turtle wordle that makes sense molly mm -hmm. How did it get its name? What is it named after? Uh, it was a vicious rock, paper, scissors tournament. And it was against, uh, you know, there was five people playing it. It came to it came to blows. There was blood. I'm not going to lie. There was uh, some missing teeth at the end. And uh, somebody really wanted it to be called Wordle, you know, like warts. But they're like, dude, it's five letter words, you idiot. Rock, paper, scissors. And, uh, you know, what can I say? Last person standing named it. All right, a bloody Rochambeau, Carla Rose. What do you got? Well, gosh, based on based on what I've read about the origins of Wordle, is that it started in the 1700s in France, um, and actually, if you think about the game, it's letters that are all scrambled up, and then you have to make the word out of it. Well, the name Wordle is actually scrambled up the word. So, which gives an homage 
to its French origins. So the it's right. the word. Screw so word. it's just throwing letters in there and shaking them around <laughs> like baskets on a beheading. All right, Nate, <laughs> what do you got? So I, I chuckled when you started telling your uh, answer, Carla Rose, because uh, it it really is close to mine. Um, but <laughs> since you pretty much copied mine last time, I'm going to just go for it. Fair. Um, yeah. So everybody so knows... Everybody knows American history, thanks to Hamilton. And uh, everybody knows Thomas Jefferson went to France. Um, so he brought mm -hmm. over the word games. I think Ulysses S. Grant or something like was really got into it and he started it. Um, Thomas Jefferson, um, you know, prior to that. <laughs> went over and brought it over and he's like oh word games they they're like i don't get it so he's like word lay and they're like oh word lay so um uh-huh uh -huh. word lay came and then he came back and we just turned it to word <laughs> speaking of which i don't even know where i can find that game because i can't find it on the app store and i don't know how to play everybody's playing it what everyone's posting about it i still don't know what it is i don't oh, know where okay. where is it We'll have a link to it in the description. <laughs> it's on the internet. Thank you. I'll need to in watch. affiliate link. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, the question is, where did Wordle get its name? Marie, uh, Wordle was named after Myrtle, which, ironically, Mer uh, Myrtle, they estimate, was born in about 1924, the same year that that quote about the New York Times crossword puzzle came out. See so what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Molly... Rock, paper, scissors, a bloody game of rock, paper, scissors in World War One. Carla Rose, the 18th century word la. Le word. Le word. Wordle. <laughs> it's a word scramble. And uh, Nate, American history's Thomas Jefferson, who brought it back with word lay. <laughs> Which no Thomas Jefferson probably meant something completely different. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> Those are the answers. We got Myrtle Turtle Wordle, a five-letter word, Rochambeau, Le Word, and Word Lay. Alisa, how would you like to score? Okay, I'm really excited about this one because as as any other Wordle fan knows, all you want to do is talk about Wordle. So you're this is just <laughs> making all my dreams come true. Also, as any Wordle fan knows, you've read the New York Times accompanying piece of uh, how it got its name. So I do know the answer to this, which made uh, your stories each so special, so wonderful, and so far off across the board. Uh, then I have a lot of points to hand out. Okay, now, Nate, you are in luck because I really liked Carla Rose's answer, uh, but then you didn't say the same thing, so you're out of luck now. <laughs> so, Do I at least get negative points? <laughs> Don't yes, beg, yeah. Nate. Don't beg. <laughs> well, how many negative points would you like, Nate? Uh, my goal, I'm actually aiming to have the lowest score in history, so you, you name it and I'll take it. Okay, we'll try to get you a little closer to that goal. Like negative a thousand? Does that help? That works. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> Carla Rose, your answer was so funny. I loved the oh, word. I loved the you. the yarn you spun, the journey you took me on. Uh, I want to hand out a sweet two thousand points. Wow! Woo! Yeah. Oh my God. Nice. And then I want to add some um, some honorary points. Um, for Marie's uh, Myrtle, which I also thought was very, very cute. Um, She's so, so like, sweet. 
Yeah, you got it. Just like an easy, I don't know, none of these matter anymore. 95 points? <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. I mean, and Bob, I feel like you should just lose a couple points. I don't know why. I just feel like you should. Maybe like five. Take five off. Good. Finally, I'm not the only one that feels that way. <laughs> I'm just going to stay quiet over here. Knowing the correct answer, I think it's only fair that I get like 1700. Wait, can I? Wait, I know the correct answer. All right. Can I get points? Pandering points. It's Josh Wordle. It's based on his name. He created the game for his girlfriend as a gift because he forgot to get her a gift. So he created the game. His name is Jeff Wordle. W A R D L E. Let other people so he, win, Molly. He created a, <laughs> and give me he created a game for his girlfriend and then named it after himself. Yeah. Yeah, that was really Sounds kind right. of him. That yeah, that's the right <laughs> answer. It was named after Wordle's creator, Josh Wordle. And, you know, for uh, for pandering, Molly, you get five sweet points. Yes. So. I love that. Five sweet, sweet points. <laughs> Speaking of sweet, the sports event of the year we have the official name of the Academy Award trophy is the Academy Award of Merit. Where did the name Oscar come from? Molly, where did the name Oscar come from? Why do they call it the Oscar? Uh, well, it or originated because of, of course, the world's best hot dog. Uh, duh. <laughs> Uh, O-S-C-A-R, my uh, hot dog has a last name, M-E-Y-E-R. Um, you can't really top anything better than a hot dog. And so they're like, you know what, guys? Like, if we're going to we're gonna score things, let's have some sort of threshold. The threshold being the Oscar Mayer wiener. And I don't know if you, you know, in the statue, it's all, it's all connected, guys. That's true. <laughs> well, I can talk about it later. All right. So Oscar Mayer wiener, Carla Rose. What's your answer? Um, actually, uh, I think I just read about this actually a couple of days ago. It's funny. It's funny you brought that up because I had read that uh, the Oscar originated under a bridge um, at a hobo camp and, um, you know, back in the olden days. And uh, there was a garbage can there and they were trying to find something, something in there to award Right. And um, they came across this little furry guy named Oscar LaGrouch. And um, they're like, he was like, get the hell out of my house. OK. And they're like, well, we're just we're just looking for some sort of award that we can give. And he was like, what the hell here? And he just handed up with his little green furry hand, a little statuette of a naked guy. I'm not asking any questions. OK. Where he got it from, or what his predilections are for little naked men. And um, <laughs> so they named the statuette. After Oscar, and then as we know, it moved from the hobo camp, hobo encampment under <laughs> the bridge to you know bigger and better places. Mm -hmm. All right, so it came from Oscar the Grouch. Nate, what? how did Oscar get its name? Oh, uh, Carla Rose, once again, uh, you're going to score massive on this. I know uh, you're close, but not quite. It wasn't a hobo camp; it was Hoboken, uh, where it came from. <laughs> And uh, and they were going to name it after the person who was financing them. Uh, but her name was Beatrice, and they didn't like that, so they went with Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. Uh, Read. <laughs> What's the answer? <laughs> of course. Well, um, 
Uh, Carla Rose was onto something with it being Oscar the Grouch. Um, the person that named the award, um, they were huge Sesame Street fans. And Oscar the Grouch happened to be their favorite character. Um, however, they were also very, very skeptical of this whole like award thing. So they did a really good job of convincing them that they should be called the Oscars when really he was inferring that they're all... <laughs> Trash. All right. (laughs) Inspired by Oscar the Grouch, they are all trash. So we have Molly with the best hot dog ever, Oscar Meyer. So Oscar Meyer's wiener, when you're talking about a naked statue, brings up a whole. Well, what do you think the statue is based off of, people? I mean, I didn't want to go there, but I wish I had seen it. Somebody's a member. Carla Rose, it's named after Oscar the Grouch. Nate Hoboken. Is where it originated. Beatrice was the inventor, named it after Oscar because she didn't like Beatrice. Marie, it was people trying to tell the Academy that they were all trash. (laughs) Lisa, how would you like to score? We're never getting into the equity now. So all of these answers were fantastic, and I have really exciting points to hand out. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with Molly because not only did I like your answer the best, uh, it, it's a, a good combo of plausible and uh, funny. Your um, I could tell that my random uh, point assigning is maybe starting to get to you a little bit. And I really like your unhinged rapping of the Oscar Mayer song. So I would like to hand out 2,800 points to Molly. Wow. And now, yeah, take it in. Take your moment. Oh, I'm feeling it. I'm like, I'm like a, I'm like a soft boiled hot dog right now. All right. Ew. Secondary points. I'm a red snapper. I want to hand out to Nate because Hobo Kid made me laugh so hard. And I also, I want to add some, some intrigue, some stakes for Nate. And I'm going to give you positive 700 points. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, she's very nervous. Oh, you're messing with my like lowest score ever. <laughs> he just, he just glitched. I know. All right. <laughs> All right. I'll start trying so that way I don't do as well. Step it down, Nate. <laughs> so, <laughs> right there, that scores, uh, those scores placed Molly in the lead with of course. half a she point. Is. Half a point. Half a point. The half a point again. <laughs> is it a sweet or a shiny point? And uh, so, where did Oscar point. get its name? The official answer is nobody knows. However, there's a story that an Academy executive thought that the statuette looked like her uncle Oscar. Which raises other questions. Like, why would her uncle Oscar be hanging out naked in the back room with a sword? Right? I mean, come on. (laughs) Goldfinger. Oh, uncle. So... We started off with roller skating. Elisa, let's talk about roller skating. How did you get into it uh, during the pandemic? What happened? What, what got you in there? Um, I needed to get outside. Um, and a buddy of mine uh, just uh, who 
lives in Philly, was coming to Michigan, which is a lot closer to Chicago than Philly is. And she got really into roller skating. And she was like, hey, if you get roller skates and come visit me in Michigan, we can go skating. And then I looked at skating prices or uh, roller skate prices. And I was like, this is an expensive trend. Uh, But then I was like, you know what? Nothing matters. So I bought some skates. (laughs) And um, yeah, we had a great time. And um, it turns out all of my years of figure skating in the early 90s uh, in no way prepared me to be an adult. There's like a great like roller rink on the south side that is like perfectly intact from like 1982. Like it's just it's been a really fun um, uh, physical and creative activity for me. So I recommend it to everybody. We actually, yeah. one of our professors, Randy, is also a roller derby referee. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. He goes by Carrie Z. Whistle. Uh, if Randy was here right now, he'd probably be looking really awkward because we're talking about him. Um, so, you know, if I ever did derby, you know what name I came up with? And I'm sure someone oh, else has thought of this before. Shreddy Ruxpin. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. by saying that you've copyrighted it yeah exactly. that is a really yeah. good one let the date be known mine's Beatrice so- wor- Wordlay so Elisa you, you're really into the Oscars they're your sports what is your favorite Oscar moment that you can remember top of your head Oh, wow. Yeah, the Oscars are they are my Super Bowl. I do get really into it, uh, but I also don't know how the Super Bowl works. So I might be kind of <laughs> you eat a lot of nachos. If you eat a lot of Who nachos, does? then you're doing it right. It's a lot like the Oscars. It starts. It stops. It lasts for five and a half hours. And there is a trophy. Take three or 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently saw a behind the scenes video of the. Uh, I believe it would be the director of the Oscars making the calls for when they cut to what Uh, during Cuba Gooding Jr.'s winning speech. Spoiler alert. Uh, 1994. Um, <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. I know Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, if you're not there yet and you're binging of previous Oscars, sorry. Um, but right, his iconic, uh, like shouting, just exciting speech, uh, watching the director knowing exactly when to cut to which actor and celebrity. Uh, and then it is just yeah. like an expletive laden, uh, like, just cacophony of excitement as they're all like, we nailed it. And uh, it's, I, I was like, I'm just looking through TikTok, and all of a sudden I'm like very invested in this like 60 second clip of sobbing. So I guess that's kind of like a behind the scenes. <laughs> that's uh, still an Oscar moment though. It is an Oscar moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's part of the that's show awesome. that we don't get to see. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. I've worked in a director's booth at least enough times to know that I don't want to be there for a show like the Oscars. Like, I had a rough time working the cameras as a little uh, intern in college. Yeah. I, I, the stress of that has to be through the roof. But I mean, that's what you're there to do. It is the yeah. Super Bowl. It is the Olympics. You show up, you do your job, <laughs> and then you probably party for a week straight is what I'm yep. guessing. Yep. The after, yeah. after, 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 after Obviously. Party. Yeah, yeah, right after you wake up from your month of sleep. <laughs> exactly. So speaking of anticipation, um, do you want to know what the answer is for Give Me the Details? Yes! yes. yes. So 
What change did they make to the ending of Fight Club for the Chinese market? Well, they changed the ending to a caption. Just a caption. I'm going to read this caption to you. I already don't like it. Now, I would say spoiler warning, but this literally spoils nothing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Through the clue provided by Tyler, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all the criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. After the trial, Tyler was sent to a lunatic asylum, receiving psychological treatment. He was discharged from the hospital in 2012. Oh my goodness! So imagine watching Fight Club and then seeing that end card. So like, you're like, what the? I like our answers better. I know this answer because I read about it, but I didn't hear what the author, Chuck Palahniuk, thought about it. What did he think about it? I, I think he just found out about it, to be honest with you. So interesting. the studio, it, it appears that either the studio or the distributor changed it because China didn't. Doesn't like crazy China people? didn't make the change. <laughs> it, it had to be either the distributor or the actual studio itself. Um, now, the reason it was changed, China has uh, extreme censorship laws. Anything yes. glorifying criminal behavior or anarchy is illegal. It's against the law. So... So yeah. all the movies Boring. have really shitty endings there. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. Speaking of uh, changing the ending, our points are... Yeah, I have no in idea. last place... No idea. We have... I'm sorry, Nate. We have myself with negative 1,605. Oh, Nate blew it. Followed by Nate with negative 493. Next, we have Marie with 1,995 and one half point. We have Carla Rose with 2,105. Alisa with 3,805. And Molly in the lead with 3,805. And one half. Molly. <laughs> <laughs> if so, I lose by my own half point, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do a rock, paper, scissors to the death. Just like they did to decide Wordle. Rock, paper, Wordle, I believe it is. Yeah, rock, rock, paper, Wordle. Wordle. Yeah. Join us when we return for Technically Correct Nate's Pop Quiz. Only here. I'm Balderdash Academy. Go Dashers. <laughs> hey, this is Bob. When I'm not being the headmaster at Balderdash Academy, I run Sleuth's Mystery Entertainment. At Sleuth's Mystery, we offer something different from your typical mystery experience. Our mysteries are crafted around the game and the experience as a whole. We blend characters, comedy, atmosphere, and a puzzle of a mystery for you to solve. Every show is unique, and every ending is different. At Sleuth's Mystery Entertainment, you can see the show, play the game, and solve the mystery. If you're in New England, contact us at sleuthsmystery.com for a killer time. It's been a hell of a game. Our points are 
I am in last place with negative 1,605. Next, we have Nate with negative 900, uh, negative 493. We have Marie with 1,995 and one half. Point five! Carla Rose with 2,105. Lisa with 300, uh, 3,805. And Molly in the lead with 3,805 and one half. <laughs> All right. So, Elisa, before we move on to Nate's game, we're back with 30 seconds or less. The Balderdash randomizer rings up. Question number nine. What is your favorite bad movie? Oh, so this is one for me to answer again. Yes. Uh, what is... Um, uh, well, it's Showgirls. Uh, and it's Showgirls. <laughs> but this, this is a hard one to answer because it's also not a bad movie, but it's such a bad movie. And I think that's what makes it truly a bad movie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. They all thought they were making a great movie. They made a bad movie, but then that's what made it a great movie. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, I really, I had like a hankering to watch it before it yeah. was streaming, and I found it on YouTube, and I made it about at least three quarters of the way through it before I realized it was set to like two and a half times speed. This <laughs> <laughs> made it easier to swallow. Right, I was like, I know there's a lot of drugs in this movie, but this is like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's a great show answer. Showgirls. <laughs> it was the one edited for PBS. <laughs> yeah. It's a 15 the minute movie. They show movie. it on a plane, you know. Yeah. It was the Chipettes. <laughs> Showgirls done by the Chipettes. Oh, my you face. are an entertainer. That's not all you do. You're a lot like me. You have a diverse skill set. You have um, skills that are valuable across many industries. It opens it up, opens up a lot of opportunities. And you were telling me earlier about a weird interview, something weird that happened on an interview that you just went on. You want to talk about that? Yeah, <laughs> Tell I did us what have happened. a weird interview. Um, how how long do I have to tell this story? <laughs> just tell the story. Picture it, Sicily. <laughs> Because we'll I just put it on two and a half times speed. Yeah, we'll just put it on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've met uh, theater people before. Um, we're Ugh. very good at succinct stories, especially when <laughs> no, we're, we're like very proud of them. Um, so, uh, yes, I am job hunting. Uh, I've decided to try to go corporate. It's going not at all. And um, a recruiter found me uh, with my eclectic resume. And, you know, I got one of those robot. Um, would you like more information about the job? Click yes or click no. And it was called digital producer. And here we are Ooh. digitally producing things right now. I was like, that's well yeah. within my skill set. I click yes. I yeah. would like more information. It's the vaguest description i've ever seen it's like we are a all caps major social media networking site and i'm like uh-huh it's in all caps it and must be true. and there's some asterisks it's not messing around it was like a few tildes shy of being like a live journal entry it was like so good and uh so i click more info and um yeah they say we're looking for a uh 
a person who's good with content curation. We have a video hosting platform. We need someone to help curate the platform. They link to their website, which is just like gobbledygook of a bunch of different letters. I click on the <laughs> website and I'm like, Laura Mipsum. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's very, everyone's real hot on this website. Uh, <laughs> and I'm scrolling through it and I'm like, this just looks like hot YouTube. Um, and hot I'm, tube. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm ashamed to admit how long it took me to figure out what I was interviewing for. And I don't want to say the company's name, but what you're thinking is probably right. Um, <laughs> The joke that our intern made in the comments was probably right. And he made that 10 minutes ago. (laughs) It was not not Cornhub. It was... uh, That's the the Iowa version. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And uh, I was like, gosh, everybody everybody on this site uh, links to their their profile on this other site. (laughs) Um, But it was great because it was like my absolute favorite one was like a cooking video. And this like really hot model was like, uh, it was called something like Cooking with Vibes. I forget. It was great. Cooking with Vibes. (laughs) He signs on and she's like, what's up all you perverts and degenerates? Let's cook. And I was like, yes. This is the energy I want in 2024. So it was Martha Stewart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, uh, uh, oh, so so then they were like, "Would you like to submit your resume?" Right? This is all uh, a robot, you know. So I'm like, "Yes." Yeah. So I click a button. Then they're like, "Would you like to submit your cover letter?" Optional, and I'm like, "No." <laughs> So I don't submit a cover. That's a little cover letter humor because we all know how terrible cover letters are. Uh, (laughs) And uh, so I get the interview. So, uh, yeah, I have to watch quite quite a bit of the site to prepare for the interview. (laughs) Uh, Showgirls. Yep, yep. Uh, Yeah, my my love of showgirls really prepared me for this one. Um, But um, so I I interview and the interview was just they were staring at me just like what? What are you doing here? And I was like, you found, you recruited me. Yeah, they were like, I watched them pull my resume up in real time, and my resume is your cover letter. Yeah, exactly. My resume is um is neon yellow because I'm that kind of dork, and I like to see it appear on her face because it's a Zoom interview, and she's like, she's like, whoa, this looks this looks cool. I wish. I wish I had like a couple minutes to like look through this, but oh well, here we go. And I was like, no, 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 you can absolutely. That's what we're here to do. Please <laughs> yeah. take a couple minutes. Please read my resume. So we go through the whole interview, and um, I have never heard someone use the word spicy as many times. In <laughs> <laughs> a job interview. They That's did it in this interview, and it was lingo. very. Yeah. Lingo. Yeah, it was very interesting <laughs> having to be very corporate around very. Spicy concepts. Content. Uh, yeah. Yeah. McCormick is really going all out with their new marketing <laughs> yeah. campaign. You know? yes. <laughs> so, the crab uh, seasoning. Their target audience is degenerates and perverts. Yeah. So the, uh, the end of the story is uh, about a week passes and I send a follow up because I'm a professional that has read one article on how to apply for jobs. <laughs> and you know, I'm just like, hey, I had a great time meeting everybody. Just want to, you know, touch base, check in. Um, they email me back at 
1 a.m. that night. Yep. Uh, they're filming and- a cooking show. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, thank you. Thank you so much for following up. Um, Actually, in the time since you've interviewed, we have developed the technology to render <laughs> position unnecessary. <laughs> it was that sex robot that kept answering your emails in the first place. Yeah. So you have been replaced her. by CGI? <laughs> I was like, does it just... Did you come up with, like, an automated way to check for nipples? That's what I think is happening. Right? <laughs> yes! So, um, that's how I, uh, did oh, not get hired at, uh, a very spicy website. Very spicy. Right. That's so spicy. That's a great story, though. That is Thank you. So, Nate. Oh, man. I'm hoping you can bring something spicy to the table tonight, because it is time for your pop quiz. <laughs> So here we are with Professor of Steam, Nate Green. Nate, what do you have for us? I have a question for you guys, and I have an answer, and this is what they are. So, uh, the CMB, or Cosmic Microwave Background, is, is a map of the residual energy in the universe that shows proof that the Big Bang happened. Um, what it is, is it's basically an e- electromagnetic radioactive blanket that covers all of space. Um, Warm. Mm. Yes. Well, Cozy. it's funny you say that because it, there's actually a cold spot. Uh, and it was noticed on this uh, CMB map. And this cold spot is huge. It is massive. Um, so my question to you guys is, what is... This cold spot that is uh, was discovered on um, in space uh, on this map that was a result of the Big Bang and the creation of the universe. So what is what is this cold spot and um, why could it be important? Um, so, Carla Rose, let's let's start with you. And I'm going to try something new and actually take notes because I can never remember what you guys. All right. You're so spicy. Good idea, Professor. That is a good idea because I might have, you know, some some wisdom to impart. Maybe. Especially, particularly in this this field of study. Uh, You know, if you remember a few months back, a a chunk of Russian something or other uh, almost (laughs) narrowly missed the space station. That's the technical term. Narrowly missed the space station or it just nicked the edge of it. And it was, it was it was a very scary moment. So what they did, they saw it coming. You know, everything in space is slow-mo. So they were like, no, as it was coming towards them. So what they had the time to do was jettison the least important part of the space station to them. Not what I would have jettisoned. But it happened to be the farthest thing at the, the farthest thing at the end was the food court the DQ at the end of the food court on the space station. <laughs> they had to press the red button and jettison their twisty cones into space. So somewhere <laughs> out there, there is a DQ floating in space mm, for the I aliens wish. to find and enjoy. That sounds Lucky like what aliens. they told Elisa after the interview. We don't need you. We've jettisoned our <laughs> twisty cones. <Right. laughs> so, so, Frosty uh, spicy. 
the Russians were coming, and the Russians uh, are coming. They had to um, <laughs> eject their creamy fluid into space. Got it. Um, <laughs> That's on the cooking show, episode seven. <laughs> yes, it's gonna be spicy. Was that? I was afraid my story was too not safe for work. Yeah, it's just DQ stuff. It's 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 uh, it's legit. Um, Molly, Molly, tell me about your cold spot uh, in school. <laughs> Well, I don't want to talk about my cold spot. That's between me and my doctor. But I will talk about the space. (laughs) So um, everybody knows that the uh, electromagnetic blanket um, is a real thing because the universe is actually one giant twin bed. Um, They thought at first it was a California king, but then they realized that it's actually just a twin bed. Um, So once they pulled the electromagnetic blanket up to try and get it all warm and cozy, they did realize that the underside of the pillow was nice and cool. So uh, that is the cold spot is the underside of the universal pillow. Mm -hmm. Celestial Mm -hmm. pillow, Mm -hmm. as they call it. I mean, science. (laughs) All right. So the my pillow, it's a sky pillow. Um, All right. So, yeah, underside of the celestial pillow. Uh, Just be careful Mm -hmm. of the sweat stains. Um, Drool. uh, And, yeah. Uh, Marie. um, Yes. Cold spotted up here. Um, So the Big Bang was named the Big Bang because really old-timey people named it and imagined that only men and women could Bang. So um, there was a a very female section version of space and a very male section of space. And um, they got in a fight and he did not apologize. And that time period after the fight is the cold spot. Cold shoulder from wife portion of eternal radioactive blanket, sky blanket. Okay, so we have closed-minded <laughs> space banging leads to a fight. Yes. Yeah. Closed-minded right. space banging. Mm-hmm. Uh, space banging and, and the coldness that follows from that uh, interstellar mm-hmm. fight. Bob, um, tell me about your cold spot, please. Well, yeah, I mean, my cold <laughs> spot is known the world over. Uh, I was there watching when this was actually discovered. It was on C-SPAN. They had the NASA live feed. And um, since the beginning of time, scientists have been desperately trying to seek the Big Bang, um, looking to experience the Big Bang in any way they can themselves. Now, when the Big Bang formed, there was a, uh, you know, there was this myth that water didn't exist in the universe. It was only on Earth. And since that myth has been debunked multiple times over, they're now looking for the giant... uh, mass of water floating in space. And I remember watching on C-SPAN, they're looking for the big wet spot after the Big Bang, and they found it, and they yelled, guys, we found the... And then they realized what they said. So for PR reasons, they changed it mm-hmm. to the cold spot. Mm-hmm. No one likes the wet spot. Okay. Nobody likes spicy. the wet spot That's after really the Big spicy. Bang. You, you, you just need to do a little bit of marketing <laughs> tweaking. <laughs> no, there's no way I can spin that spin that one that's better than what he said. So you just heard what Bob said. Um, 
Yep. Uh, so instead of just a regular Swiffer, there was a wet jet there. Um, and, uh, <laughs> let's see here. And then Molly uh, said the twin bed comfort keeper uh, was out there and the uh, celestial cool side of the pillow was that cold spot. Um, Carla Rose said uh, the Russians were coming, so they jettisoned um, the Dairy Queen. Um, (laughs) And Marie uh, said there was a fight after some uh, closed-minded space banging, and and then that cold shoulder there was that cold spot. Mm, Very cold. Yeah, how would you like to score those? (laughs) <laughs> okay, uh, I've got some mad points to hand out, boys and girls. Oh, yay! Let me on. Oh, I'm. I really. Yet again, I really liked Molly's answer the best. Uh, I I like the the ce- celeste the cool side of the celestial pillow. Celestial pillow. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was very poetic, um, and uh, I like the thought of like the the universe at large uh having like petty uh bedroom <laughs> drama so um i would like to give 400 points to molly for that yes. one thank you um i would additionally like to to remove some points from nate um <laughs> I, wait did you say remove yeah, yeah. Yes. I'd like to remove, yes, she did yeah I'd, okay. like to, I'd like to give nate um negative 2k Wow. Yes. Woo! yes. That's like Y2K. Wow. Yeah. I, Lucky. I, I liked your question. I liked your question. So I'm doing you the kindness oh, of trying you. to bring you closer to your Now, I'd also like to get um, our intern, Alan, on the board. Ooh. He's working Ooh. really hard. He, he's, he's been killing it. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. making Ejaculated. Puns. Yeah, he's ejectual. I can't uh, in the chat. <laughs> so you know what? I'd like to give him. Um, oh boy, uh, six eighths of a point. Nice for working hard. Oh. Yeah, that's more than half. Now I also have been yes, working is. really hard over here, and I think I deserve. I was going to say four hundred and one points. Oh, <laughs> you should do it. All right, you should do it. Have you been doing math? <laughs> a bit of math. Yeah. <laughs> Theater majors can only do one bit of math at a time. <laughs> All right. Uh, so before I give the answer, the the real answer away, um, do, do any other points you want to dispense or? or, or oh yes, um, Carla Rose sang, so she gets um, half a pandering point. Nice. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so, surprisingly, you were all wrong. Uh, what? So, all right. Here, here's, here's the thing. Ten days before his death, Stephen Hawking published his final research paper that he wrote with uh, Thomas Hertog. Um, and it focused on this, this cold spot and what it could be. The paper was entitled... A smooth exit from internal inflation? It had a question mark Ooh, at the end of it. So it yeah. sounds um, like sexy time. <laughs> that literally sounds like the description of the wet spot. <laughs> it was sexy. Yes, yes. Um so, okay. <laughs> Too much spicy. Now there, you know, Stephen Hawking, he's he's a bright guy, but um he's a little over my head. Uh, there's a guy. 
at the Durham University in the UK who kind of put it more at my speed. Uh, his name's Thomas Shanks. Uh, and he said that... Shanks a lot. Uh, you're welcome a lot. Um, <laughs> this, this cold spot is about 1.8 billion light years in expanse, like from side to side. It, it's, it's huge. Um, wow. And what it is, uh, it, it actually lines up with a theory of what could be considered proof of a multiverse. Um, so he thinks that, uh, this could be evidence of a collision between our universe and another bubble universe. So the good news, a bubble, is, a bubble verse, is <laughs> that there may exist a parallel universe where one of you actually answered correctly. <gasps> and we're probably bubbles. We're probably bubbles. <laughs> Give a thousand monkeys a thousand typewriters in enough time, and one of them's bound to answer correctly. <laughs> right? Even a clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Wait, that's not how it goes. <laughs> Don't get your wisdom from me. Carla Rose was not technically correct on that one. <laughs> no. Science. That was amazing. <laughs> Our next game is fan favorite, technically uh, correct. Now, I will read a description of a movie that is technically correct, and our faculty members will try to answer as fast as possible. Our visiting professor, Elisa, will award points based on the answers she likes best. Movie number one. A woman goes to great lengths to find a chipper man. This one was actually written by our professor, Randy. Chipper man. A woman goes to great lengths to find a chipper man. Carla Rose, what movie does that describe? What's the Disney movie with the girl with the long... <laughs> Came on! Tangled. Starting off, the answer. Tangled. 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 She goes to great lengths. <laughs> What's funny is you do that and Molly's the one who gave you the answer. <laughs> <laughs> This is how my, my brain works, folks. Come on. Uh, you know that right speak the same language. Turned. Yes. Okay. Nate, what's uh, the answer? Fargo. Fargo. Ooh. All right, Marie, what do you have? Um, The Wizard of Oz? Tindale. Wizard of Oz, Molly. Chipper, 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 chipper. Magic Mike. Magic Mike. All right, so Love a woman goes to great lengths to find a chipper man. We have Carla Rose with Tangled, Nate with Fargo, Marie with The Wizard of Oz, and Molly with Magic Mike. Elisa, how would you like to score? I mean, I it has to be Fargo. That's so funny, if that's, that's right. so good. So, Nate, even though that's my favorite, I, I will award you one point. Un. Thank you. Un, one un point, point maintaining <laughs> Nate's lead with the lowest points. Inversely. <laughs> Nate, in golf, you set a record. Okay, I so... <laughs> a woman goes to great lengths to find a chipper man describes Fargo. Ah, oh, so good! Wow! That was so yeah, good. Nate! That was good. so funny. Good That's question. Very nice, Professor Randy. Yeah. Yes, very nice. You know what? <laughs> Enhanced Randy. I, I will uh, give... Uh, prof uh, well, uh, Professor Randy can have one-eighth of a point. Wow. So then if we put Professor Randy and Intern Allen's scores together, they almost have a combined one point. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> combined. 
This All is right. the most math I've had to do in over 15 years. Um, you're years. doing fractions, <laughs> so well done. Yes. Yes. Well done. Okay, our next movie, A Boy and Tupac <laughs> Run from the Authorities as Their World Goes to Heck. A Boy and Tupac Run from the Authorities as Their World Goes to Heck. Nate, you obviously know the answer. What's the answer? Yeah. Uh, I am proud honey, of this I... one, Alan. <laughs> uh, it's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Marie. Say it again. A boy. A boy and Tupac run from the authorities as the world goes to heck. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that Netflix short miniseries called Sweet Tooth. <laughs> it was really, really good. Sweet Tooth, it was fantastic. It was it's so also a great uh, graphic novel. So good. So cute. Molly, what's the um, answer? A boy and Tupac run from the authorities <sighs> as their world goes to heck. It's uh, beyond the Thunderdome. It's Mad Max because California. <laughs> you see that video, right? Yes. No Mad Max party. Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. Carla Rose, what's the answer? Um, <laughs> Howard the Duck, because Alan said that earlier. And Howard the Duck. Yeah, so like a boy and that. Tupac run from the authorities as their world goes to heck. Yeah. We have Honey, I Shrunk the Kids from Giant Nate, duck. Marie with Sweet Tooth, Molly with Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, yeah. and Carla Rose with Howard the Duck. Elisa, how would you like to score? Uh, this one has totally stumped me. I have no idea what it is, uh, but I liked Marie's answer. Uh, I haven't so seen good. it, but I have a, a sweet so friend who good. works on that sweet oh, show. So, oh my uh, God, watch it. It's I'm going to give you some, some big pandering points. I'm going to give you, yeah. I don't know, like 600 pandering points. Wow. What is that? Great. <laughs> 600 pandering points. I'll take 600. I posted uh, the actual question in the chat if it helps anybody figure out what it might be. Let me see. Hecate, Now you look at the chat. Hector. What's short? Is it Hector? So, a boy and Tupac run from the authorities as their world goes to people. I haven't seen it. I have seen it. But it's. Was that like. This is niche within niche, Bob. It's I'm more familiar with Ice Everybody Cube than I am with Tupac. Tupac. If you movie. don't know the movie at home, pause it's, and go watch movie. the movie That's and lovely. then come back and write a report on it. Yeah, great um, movie. So, we'll do. Ricky was don't the runaway the with his dog, Tupac, and oh. his caretaker, Heck. Oh, okay. 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 Mm -hmm. This okay. one is a lot easier. Uh, everybody should have no problem with this. Movie number three... <laughs> A boy befriends a hardened foreigner. A boy befriends a hardened foreigner. Marie, I know you're looking at the answer on the ceiling. What do you got? Uh-huh. It's right there. It says E.T. E.T. Nice. Molly, what do you got? Oh, crap. Um, <laughs> coming to America. Coming to America. Carla Rose. Uh. Okay, well, how about, uh, <laughs> gee, I, I, don't, I don't know, the, the mummy? The mummy and Nate. He's kind of squishy, but. Uh. Hello, 
Ah, well, it must be uh, Shawshank Redemption. Redem- Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Lay <laughs> word. So we have a boy <laughs> befriends a hardened foreigner. We have Marie with E.T., Molly with Coming to America, Carla Rose with The Mummy, and Nate with Shawshank Redemption. Elisa, how would you like Redemption. to score? Uh, yet again, this has stumped me, uh, and I really like all of these answers. Uh, but I liked Carla Rose's the best. I thought, the, I mean, the Mummy is, of course, uh, a classic, and I thought that was a very good answer. So, uh, fifty points. Whoa! Oh, fifty points. And uh, <laughs> Carla Rose is actually not correct. The answer oh. to a boy befriends a hardened foreigner is 1999's The Iron Giant. Oh, lovely. Oh, okay. oh. Which is one of my all-time Gosh. favorite movies. Dang it. That was a hard one. Yeah. It's a good it one. Is a you good know, movie. I haven't I haven't cried yet today, Bob. So yes. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just uh, trying to my kids. The memory <laughs> that that movie exists has brought me to tears. That's all it takes. <laughs> that and the little toaster back to back. <laughs> yes. Brave little toaster. So movie number four, a con artist tries to steal from the wrong family. A con artist tries to steal from the wrong family. Molly, what do you have? Why are you coming to me? Because <laughs> tries to steal so, from to a To give you fi- more time to stall, when no, I calculate fine, who's it's going fine. to answer, it's Molly's fine. always last on question number four. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Robin Hood Men We're in men. Tights. Carla Rose. We're men, men. Um, I'm going to say it's singular, and even though it's technically plural, but to me, I feel like that could be Home Alone, through one through three. Home Alone, just pick one. It's all the one same. One through movie. with whatever. Uh, Nate, what do you got? We'll go with the classic. Uh, well, I'm I'm going to pick a, a, a new one since uh, Carla Rose just listed the whole Home Alone series. Uh, oh my! And <laughs> could you could you just repeat the the the, the, of course. the words? The words. Hey, so. The Alan world. brings up an excellent point. Is it Holmes Alone or Home Alone? <laughs> I think Holmes Alone is a mortgage company out of yeah, Holmes Alone is like a really weird Rule 34 mystery. So, um, mate, it's a con artist tries to steal from the wrong family. Uh, Leon the Professional. That's a good one. Leon the Professional. Marie, what do you have? Movie. One jump ahead of the bread line. It's Aladdin. It's good. Aladdin. It's good. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. Aladdin, the movie forced to change its lyrics upon the VHS release. I was working for Ew. Disney at the time that came out. Uh, so a con artist tries to steal from the wrong family. We have Molly with Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Carla, Rose with Home Alone, or Holmes Alone, or Home Alone. <laughs> Yo, Holmes is alone! Nate with Leon the Professional and Marie with Aladdin. Elisa, how would you like to score? Uh, I, I liked Holmes Alone. Because uh, also, uh, the, the Home Alone house is like minutes away from where I grew up. I was in the not as rich cool. suburb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would like to give Carla Rose, I've totally lost track of my math at this point. Um, That's all right. Like 120 points. Wow. I'll take it. 120 points. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So, Elisa, do you know what this movie is? I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. My, well, my thought was, I was thinking of Con Men movie, even though I feel like 
that is a bit of a red herring. So um, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels came to mind. Which is a fantastic movie. A con artist tries to steal from the wrong family. Describes the Adams family. Oh! oh. They do what they wanted to say what they want to say. Were you just doing the MC Hammer rap? I was. Um, can you give Can you give Carla like three thousand points for that? Oh, I, I'm willing. To, yeah, Thank that was great. You, MC that Hammer. was such a that was a right. game, folks. You can't so, pander more yep. than that. Elisa, thank you for being a visiting professor tonight on Balderdash Academy. What's new and exciting coming up for you? Oh, boy. Uh, uh, you can listen to my music. I don't know. There's no live performance, so I don't have a whole lot to play. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, <laughs> but Spicy yes, cooking uh, show? Is, yeah. <laughs> And honestly, with everything happening on Zoom, everything recorded is a live performance. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, you can yeah. follow me on uh, Instagram. I just got on TikTok at Plucky Rosenthal. Woo! Really trying to make oh, wow. sh- some niche uh, vintage yeah. uh, music schmaltzy content for you. Nice. Spicy, perhaps. And the link to all <laughs> of this is in the description. <laughs> it's just the right amount of spicy. The just the right spice. amount of spicy. So you can find Elisa online at elisarosenthal.com and her music at pluckyrosenthal.com forward slash here. H-E-A-R. Links to everything, including social media, is in the description. Before we reveal our winner, here we are with today's moral. So after a fun evening, uh, some great answers, some weird questions... One thing is evidently clear, and that is, if you want to make an impact and just really want to make your videos a little bit more spicy, you just have to start off with, hey, perverts and degenerates, let's play. <laughs> That's our new opener. That's our yeah. new opener. Yeah. Uh, so. That's awesome. You guys ready for points? No, I am not. Yes. <laughs> we have an I'm upset in curious. points tonight. Um, we <laughs> were looking at the first time in Balderdash Academy history that a visiting professor walks away with a reigning champion title. That changed. With a smidge of right a point. Now in last place, in first place. Let's start with first. First place, setting a Balderdash Academy record with the least amount of points. We have Nate with a negative 2,492 points. Nate, well done. I'm going to make sure that you have right now on the screen a not a reigning champion banner. I couldn't have done it without you guys. Thank you. All right. Coming in next, we have myself with negative 1,065. We have Alan and Randy tied with six-eighths of one point. Nice. Next, we have... (laughs) (laughs) Next, we have Marie with 2,595 points. I think that's the most points I've ever gotten. (laughs) We have Molly with 4,205 and one half point. We have our could have been winner, Elisa Rosenthal 
with 4,206 points. Excellent bit of on the cup math. math She's petty. Maths for our <laughs> And our winner, marking her first time winning in Balderdash Academy history, yes. Leah Carla Rose with 5,275 <gasps> and one half points. You well, like, you really like me. Aren't you glad that you too, Carla Rose, uh, didn't have uh, friends in middle school and just stayed home watching The Addams Family over and over again, too? I I (laughs) am so grateful for the upbringing that I had. (laughs) Thank you for visiting Balderdash Academy. I've been your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me has been our faculty, Professor of English Language Arts, Molly McGill. Peace out, Trout. Professor of Steam, <laughs> Nate Green. Find your cold spot. <laughs> Professor of Home Ec and Wellness, Marie Stewart Harmon. Find the wet spot. <laughs> <laughs> Our visiting professor, Alisa Rosenthal. See you later, you perverts and degenerates. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and our winner, Professor of Music Theory, Carla Rose Dubois. Woo! Go get those spicy cones! (laughs) (laughs) Stay safe. See you next time. Ejaculate your ice cream. Go Dashers! Balderdash Academy was produced and edited by Bob LeBlanc. Theme music by Thinkfish Tank. Performed and written by Steve Corning, Carla Rose Dubois, Nate Green, Randy Hunt, Bob LeBlanc, Molly McGill, and Marie Stewart Harmon. Copyright 2022, Balderdash Academy, all rights reserved. Go Dashers!